Last week, or last Sunday, uh, a bunch of us were in Kansas City doing some ministry, so I wasn't here for that as well. So it's really nice to be back with you guys and to see your faces. And uh, today's a special kind of Sunday. Um, we get to celebrate what God is doing here at ECOB and taking members of ECOB abroad. Uh, so we get to rejoice in, in some of the, the neat, cool things that God is doing. And um, to kind of get us into that, that, in that mood and, and to understand what it is we're talking about specifically, uh, I'm going to just speak briefly from Acts chapter 1. You see, Luke... Um, who wrote the book of Luke, he also wrote the book of Acts, and he, he paints this beautiful picture of, of Jesus before he goes uh, to be with the Father. And in this picture that he's painting, he's with his disciples, and he gives them this encouragement. He gives them this, this call. He says in, in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so today we're going to recognize that, that here at ECOB we uphold that call from Jesus, and we actively try to, to do what, what, what Jesus has called us to do, because we're going to talk about a group of people who, who went to Tijuana, Mexico, and they went to the ends of the earth, as, as what Jesus said. And we're going to talk about a group who um, went to Kansas City, who's more like the group that, that, that Jesus would have said went to Judea and Samaria to be witnesses. And, you know, we're also going to mention a little bit about Jerusalem, which was the local area that, that Jesus had, had commissioned his disciples to go to. Because oddly enough, and I didn't realize this, but the Tijuana team and the Kansas City team and a few extras met here yesterday to do Second Saturday. And uh, we did ministry together here locally. So, you know, um, it's, it's neat to see these kinds of things happening as a church. So first of all, I'd like to call the Tijuana team to come on up. We're going to uh, do a little bit of a question and answer part here. And as they're coming up, uh, there's, there's two who couldn't be here for, for this service. Um, there are five in, in total who came, uh, who went from this church. And for Keith, this is your 20th year? 22nd. 22nd year. Oh, oh, okay, wow. So in 20 years, you've taken 22 trips. You just can't get enough. Awesome. Okay, um, so why don't you guys just share your name really quickly, and uh, then uh, we'll jump into some questions. Well, um, I'm Donna Deaton. I'm Donna Deaton, and uh, this was my second trip to Tijuana. Um, loved it. Can't wait to go back again. Okay. Uh, Jerry Deaton, and this is my or was my fifth trip, and same thing. I can't wait to go back. Keith Bemberton, and of course, I always said it, 20th year, 22nd trip. All right, so for all of you, you have been there before, and you, you've gone back, and all three of you are like, can't wait to go back again. So what keeps you going back to Tijuana? The people, the relationships that we build with them, uh, to know that they appreciate what we do, you know, that we go in the name of God mm -hmm. and that we are 
his children. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Um, so while you were there, uh, could you share a little bit about what you did and, and how God used you while you were there? Well, while we were there, the one thing we did, we built a house. Now, this is a 12 by 16 house. Uh, there's, there was a mother, father, three kids, and one on the way going to be living in this house. And we dedicated the house to the Lord at the end and cool. give them a Bible in Spanish. We also uh, did two Bible studies for the kids, about 30 or so a, n- a night, plus about 20 of the adults. Um, we bought beans and rice to be handed out at the community center. Uh, we had ice cream. <laughs> ice cream? Ice cream. That's nice. So. Very cool. Um, how about this question and any of you can, can answer this what ways did you see God moving while you were there in Tijuana well as I said earlier in this first service the love that those people have for each other and also for strangers they are so sharing and just so grateful for everything. They're joyful, even though they have nothing. But they're joyful. And the, just, just to see the children and the adults and how hungry they are for Christ and for the Bible studies and their activities, they, it's, it's just such a blessing to see God working in their lives and for me, it's such a growing experience, and uh, I always feel blessed. Uh, things work out every day, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, God shows up. So. Yeah, because when you go on trips like this, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. We never uh, know what we're going to do until we get there. And, but, but then God just kind of absolutely. allows the, these these neat things to happen. And mm-hmm. I, you guys talked a lot about um, in the first service, it's not just about going and, and getting your hands dirty and sweating mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of that, uh, but it's a lot about the relationships that you yes. build. And, um, and those are the, the, the neat parts that, that God allows you to, to see. Um, I'm going to ask a question of each of you uh, to each of you share. Uh, How did God change you? What is one thing that you saw God do in your life while you were there? What he does for me is humble me. Hmm. Yes. Humble you. So what do you mean? How does he humble you? Well, uh, working with others, uh, you know, loving others, uh, the little children, uh, the Bible studies, and just working with them and... uh, I get shown how well we have it here yeah, and uh, how lucky we are to yeah. be in America. Yeah. Yes, uh, the same for me. Just, we are, God has just blessed us so here. And we have everything that we need and It just makes me appreciate more what the Lord has done for me and for others around me. 
And I'm just, I'm just so thankful to, to be able to be his hands and feet. Yeah. And one thing that happened this year, um, I had seen a baby, an, a little three-month-old baby that a little girl was holding last year. And um, I just fell in love with that. I thought it was a doll. And I thought, <laughs> my goodness, I wonder if maybe someone sent that beautiful doll to to this little child and it started moving and <laughs> and it was alive <laughs> and I took him and I just oh I just cherished him and this year I looked in the Sunday school or in the Bible school and he was there wow. and I walked over and he held his arms up to me and I just got such a blessing from the Lord for that, that I got to experience seeing him again. Oh, that's so neat. Oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> um, I know, you're wrapped up in that story. Um, how did God change you while you're there? What did God teach you? Something. One, he's taught me patience. Mm. Uh, from my first trip down there. Uh, matter of fact, after my first trip, I was never going back. <laughs> I left Mexico and going, ain't nothing here for me. But it was uh, his Holy Spirit working within us at uh, Little Church in East L.A. that uh, he taught me that I need to go back. I kept telling him, no, I'm not going. And I found out you don't do that. <laughs> 20 years later. 20 years later. <laughs> But uh, it, it also has taught me that we're not the only ones on this earth. There are other people yeah. and with big needs, but they're happier than we are. Yeah. I think of what Jesus said that, uh, you know, when you were, when, I, 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 when someone was naked, you clothed them. When they were hungry, you gave them food. And what you did to the least of these, you did unto me. And that's, that's the call yeah. of the church is to care for those who are in need and show, not just with our actions, but also with speak the truth. And you know, the people we work for, and not even all the people we work for, they invite us into their house, and they feed us, and fellowship with us as much as possible, because I still don't speak Spanish. <laughs> 20, 20 years later, I do not. But it's, it's how I want to put it, just God working within us. Yeah, that's great. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball in here because this is not one of the questions that I sent okay. you guys. Um, if there was someone in here who was interested in going on this trip or maybe they're thinking about it, but they're kind of a little hesitant, what words of encouragement would you give them to say, you should do this? I really think everybody it's able should go on a mission trip somewhere. Uh, to go to Mexico, it's... Nani wasn't going to Dayton if you wanted to say the fear factor, you know. Uh, but if you, you know, search your heart and see what God has planned for you. Because not everybody is, you know, able to go or right. has the right, what I was want to say, but just pray to God. Yeah. You know, you got to ask his, and if it's uh, in his will, it will happen. It's, many things have happened to me since I started going down there. It's been in his will, not mine. Yeah. 
Well, uh, thank you guys for sharing. We're going to spend a time of prayer uh, over this team, over uh, Tijuana and Bittersweet Ministries, which is... Bittersweet Ministries, which is uh, president, president is Pastor Gilbert Romero from, he lives in East LA. Okay. And then uh, uh, Pete and Jerry Dahl from over here on 40, uh, Dahl Homestead, and their daughter Sam and her husband Dan Trejo, they're the project directors. And uh, so it's actually local. That's you great. can't believe it, but it's yeah. actually local. That, that is great. Well, let's, let's lift them up in prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll continue on. Lord, um, I want to thank you first for being a God who goes beyond just here. But you are a God for, for all. Because you love us all, you created us all, and you're calling us all back to you. And we thank you as a, as a church and um, on behalf of this team for the privilege of, of being a part of that call back. You've, you've given us a voice. You've given us hands and feet to go and, and to bring people um, the knowledge that you are, are calling them home. So Jesus, um, we want to lift up specifically uh, Bittersweet Ministries and, and what they're doing in Tijuana and, and how you're using them to, to minister to that community and, and bringing others uh, from, from the states there to, to help uh, minister and care uh, for, for those people. And God, uh, I, I do pray over anyone here who's interested or, or um, you know, just has this desire to, to kind of see what that's like. Give them that push. Holy Spirit, give them that, that nudge to just step out of that comfort zone and, and try something new. Uh, Lord, we thank you also for a church that supports ministries like this through prayer, through, through money. And um, Lord, we are, are grateful for what you did through this team and what you will continue to do through the teams that will go there in the future. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And we all said, amen. All right. Thank you guys very much. Um, you guys can have a seat. Yeah, give them a hand. So there was also um, a group of students. There were, how many of us? There were 23 altogether, five adults and 18 students who were in Kansas City this past two weeks ago, um, and uh, we did some, some fun things. So we're going to give you, we're going to let you look at this video to kind of see what some of the fun things we were doing while we get organized up here. So check out this video. I, it's harder to hit a moving target, so I like to move. Um, so we start the week Monday, we get in a van, we're in two vans, I have a 15 packs and Mark has like eight in his um, young adults. We're driving to Kansas City, uh, get there on Monday night, and we come back Sunday um, of that week around 2 in the morning. So, we're driving out Monday. Monday morning. Monday morning? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. 2 o'clock. 2 in the morning. Drive. Um, I don't Monday, think any of us remember that. Say what? I, think, I don't think any of us remember that. We're... Okay, first of all, all the mics go off except mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You didn't see that. <laughs> so, uh, driving out there, 11, 12 hours, and 15 young adults, not kids, 
I learned that. Um, young adults. And halfway through rest area, I turned to Val. I'm like, man, do they have to talk all the time? I mean, do all of them? I mean, and this is just the first five hours I'm into this thing for a week. It's kind of like, you know, the, the country folks go to the city and you get kind of overwhelmed with all the stimulation, the visual and all the people and all that. You're like, I got to go back to the country. I mean, yeah, felt like that, but I'm trapped. <laughs> Enough about me. So we drive in Monday or in Monday night, we get there and we uh, check in the hotel. We get to the convention center, the convention center. Uh, we start worship. And it is just off-the-hook worship, um, the bands there, um, Urban Rescue. It's just really a great time of worship, about a solid hour of worship. And then uh, basically a sermon, um, really impactful. It's not the fluff stuff. Um, it would be worthy of seminary. I mean, they're, really, they're pulling out the Bible, and we're going Scripture by Scripture. And it was just powerful messages, not only for the young adults, but I believe for all of us. Then we have time to then get with um, our groups and then share how, what we heard and then how we can apply it. And, and that was a Monday night. Repeat that Tuesday morning and Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, all the way to Friday night. So eight or nine, I don't know how many sermons and, and the praise and worship. In the middle, on the afternoons of those days, we would go out then and apply the things that we heard uh, in the sermons. And so we'd be able to go to a Ruskin Heights. That was a neighborhood that, they, that the group went to last year. Really um, a challenged neighborhood, if you will, but you'll hear that it has grown from last year until this year. Uh, we also, with Grace Point Baptist Church, partnered with them, Josh and made coordinations with them. We fell in on that church on Wednesday, the 4th of July. And I'm just going to tell you that the church provided the wood and these, your young adults were the, were the spark for the fire. It was just awesome. Um, the games they played, the interaction with the children, um, it was just a powerful time for the 4th of July. And then um, Saturday and Sunday was spent at the church. We left the conference area and went to the Grace Point Baptist Church. They sponsored us and we just did other missions that they had going on. It was just a powerful powerful week overall. So we'll let Josh go ahead and continue. Yeah, so that's the general overview. And, and so we want to give some of the students and, and other, other leaders a chance to share just some details of, of the week. Um, and we're going to start with, with Michael. Michael's going to share a little bit about uh, the, the conference and some of the teachings and, and things, because there were eight sessions where we had, just like George said, um, worship and speaking. And so Talk a little bit about that, Michael. So, um, with the conference, there was about 6,000 people. So, that's three quarters of Eden. A lot of people. <laughs> really intimidating, not going to lie. Um, all of the teachings were fantastic. You know, each, uh, each speaker had a different way of starting how they wanted to. You know, some of them would go straight into a scripture. Others would tell a story. Someone tell a story throughout the whole entire thing and like relate it back. So each and every story was really relatable, at least for me. Um, all of the worship was fantastic as well. I'm sure you've all been in a uh, teenage boy's room. <laughs> There's a wall, right? You walk in and it probably smells terrible. This didn't smell. It was the Holy Spirit that was the wall this time. Um, and I was really able to feel. It's like as soon as I walked in, like I was hit with a wall. 
of nothing but the Holy Spirit, and it was fantastic. Thanks, Michael. Um, and Joy, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about um, the, the theme of this week and some of the, the, the details that they, they had us learn? Uh, the theme was, whoa, sorry, uh, bold moves. And George is right. These young adults made bold moves all week. Um, you would be really proud of the work they did for the Lord while they were there. Um, but they weren't the only uh, thing moving there. Um, Thursday night, Val and George went to get groceries because they were making the meal uh, at Grace Point. And George texted me and said, where are you guys sitting? Because we had new seats and we were um, first row uh, on the floor. And I said, come to where the floor is moving because you've got all five, 6,000 uh, students and youth leaders, the adults were also in on this, jumping up and down. The floor was moving. It was moving and the bass, you could hear it. Uh, it was one of those floating floors. And so it literally was moving. You felt <laughs> it, it move. Moving. It was a little scary. Well, and the floor and, was... But it was, as like Michael said, the, the spirit was moving. And, and the was, convention center was built in 1932. So wait, the floor yeah. moved. Yeah. I thought there was this rule that <laughs> your mic gets cut off. <laughs> hey, tur turn Josh's mic off. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of that banter uh, in between our texts, too, also. But, um, but this was a youth conference, but I tell you what, I, I definitely am not youth uh, age, but God was speaking to me, and I know he was speaking to um, everybody who went there. But there were uh, three uh, points that they made, and uh, the youth had to get down and uh, show these positions, and we played a little game. But I'm just going to make them do the hand signs for right now. And this is audience participatory. That means you have to participate. So you'll need both hands. So um, the first one, the point was kneel. So put your hands down, pointing towards the ground. Um, kneeling was uh, acknowledging um, our Lord, that the majesty and the awesomeness that he has and that he knelt for us. One of the speakers, um, Michael, said there were so many good speakers, and he's correct, and I just uh, took a point. Uh, from each speaker, but he talked about the Last Supper, and I've been a Christian for uh, over 40 years, and um, never, I don't know whether I didn't retain this or, or what, but this is the first time I'd heard it. Uh, the Last Supper, um, when the disciples came to that room, there was a water basin at the door, and that water basin in that culture was meant that they were to wash their feet because they were going to partake of the meal. Um, but none of the disciples washed their feet because they were all too concerned about, I want to sit next to Jesus. I, am I going to be on his right? Am I going to be on his left? I want to be next to Jesus. This is, you know, we're, we're having this meal. And that really, really uh, spoke to, to me because Jesus was the servant. 
he went and uh, knelt and he uh, washed their feet. Um, that speaker also said, don't ask Jesus just to be a part of your life, but make sure he's your whole life. And stand. If I make a arrow pointing up, stand up. Stand up for what you believe. In this culture, we're taught, um, Josh mentioned it in first service, um, we're taught in math class, two plus two is four. That's a truth. Okay? But nowadays, our culture seems to be telling us, if you want to believe two plus three is four, that's okay. Yeah, if that's how you're feeling, that's okay. Two plus three, yeah, that's four, if, if that's the way you want it to be. But um, that's not what we know is truth. And we've got to stand on the truth. And this uh, one speaker said, uh, Jesus made a very offensive statement. And I'm like, Jesus? Offensive? He's the definition of love. He is love. Um, but his offensive statement is, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that was also impactful for me. Like, I, I'm sharing what... Uh, really spoke to me, and I know it spoke to a lot of these kids because they shared it in our, our huddles. Um, the last point, so we've got kneel, stand, and now the last one is walk. And it's a greater than symbol. symbol. Did we all go the right way? <laughs> um, but he talked about taking that, what we're learning at this conference. Um, and if we claim to love Jesus, we have to live like Jesus. We have to be relational. Jesus was relational, and he was intentional. Um, one of the speakers had a map, and because there were a lot of people who were Michael and uh, Noah's age and Jacob um, that are deciding college plans, he, he used that analogy. You know, they're praying for God's will. What college am I going to go to? Um, you know, what about my spouse? You know, am I going to get married? What's, what's God's will? But he pointed out God's will or plan, and Scripture verifies this for your life. It's about people. Who did Jesus minister to? It was people. It wasn't, I've got to go to this school. But it was about being relational with people. And um, they uh, ended with two questions that they ask each one of these young adults. What is Jesus calling me to lay down? And they stated, leave in Kansas City. And what is Jesus calling me to take up? And uh, these were really hard questions. And they forced not only the youth, but uh, also the adult leaders to to answer those questions. And uh, it uh, really spoke to me. The last, uh, you saw a picture of us, the vision that these youth have for our church and for the, themselves was really exciting. I think Mark's going to talk about that. And uh, ask these youth questions. 
ask him what was, how God impacted him, like Josh Hacks, the Tijuana team. Let them share. They were so bold. It was just amazing to watch them grow. So that was the conference. The, we, we did a lot of learning, but learning is only as good as the application of that learning. So we, we had during the days times where we took that application or we took the learning and we applied it to our lives. And so a few of the youth are going to share about some of the things we did. Noah, I think you're next. You're going to talk about our uh, 4th of July. Yeah, so um, Grace Point Baptist Church was the church we worked with last year when we were up there. Um, every year they allow the community to come up to their hill because they're the highest elevation uh, in Kansas City. So you can see the fireworks from all the different communities in the area. You may have some over here, some behind you, some all the way miles away that way, but you can still see them because you're so high up. Um, but they haven't really been having a good attendance, and part of that is, especially with FaithWise, so we decided let's put on a carnival for them to kind of attract people to come to the church. So we came up with some carnival games, um, some shooting games, some guessing games. Um, there was a prayer tent. We had cotton candy, or not cotton, snow cones, um, hot dogs, pop water, stuff like that. Um, but there was one way, there was still one problem. How are we going to get these people to know that we're doing this? So we had prayer walks that day. Now, these aren't prayer walks where we just walk down the street and pray for the houses, but we're going door to door, knocking on the door saying, hey, um, we've got this going on, but we're also here to pray for you. So how can we pray for you at this time? Um, I remember one house, it was me, Valerie, Jacob Clark, and Danielle Dinlinger, um, it was a couple named Rick and Elizabeth. Um, Rick has been having some health complications these past couple years. He's been diagnosed with pancreas cancer twice. He has type 2 diabetes, arthritis, and his son has fallen to suicide. Um, but that's just the beginning of his story. Um, throughout the years, he's been struggling with his faith and uh, what God has planned for him and what his purpose is in life. Um, but I think within the hour limit that we were there, um, much longer than we should have, but it's good that we were there that long because we directed him back to God. And um, I feel like we were able to lead him into the path that he needs to be on. Um, actually, the following day, he was trying to decide whether or not he wanted to go to the International House of Prayer because a group of youth had invited him there um, so that way they could pray for him um, through his walk with Christ. And they had a vision of what they could really do to impact him. And I feel after that time that we had spent with him, he was more than willing to go up there and pray with these youth students in one of the prayer rooms that they provide. Um, but going back and going back to the carnival at the church, seeing the impact that we made on each of those kids and sharing our message and seeing them grow closer to Christ through the activities that we had was just overwhelming. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty neat experience. Um, you know, one of the things that we have also found about uh, these trips um, is not only are we caring for others, we're also finding that we need to care for ourselves. Care, I'm just gonna say, care for ourselves. Care for each other uh, while we're there. Um, Noah mentioned a place called the International House of Prayer. Uh, it's it's known as IHOP, um, not IHOB, but IHOP, um, and uh, it's a neat place. Since 1999, they have been having 
24-7 worship and prayer, and they have not stopped. And, and anytime you enter into the, these doors, you are a part of that history. You are a part of that continual worship and continual prayer. And we had a chance to, to be a part of that, and Abby's going to share a little bit about her experience there. Okay, so as Josh said, they have 24-7 worship. We went there twice during our week in Kansas City. We went once on Thursday and once on Saturday. Saturday was an amazing experience because we all went around the room and prayed for each other. Um, and I watched as God laid things on people's heart to pray for each other. Um, one instance that I had was... There, so one of my friends in the youth group came up to me and prayed for another person in my life. And it was a situation that I was really struggling with and I was uh, having a hard time deal with. And they prayed for that and it was really eye-opening to see that there's people around me who are, will pray for me and will help me to grow closer to God. Um, it was even more amazing to see God throughout it all and to see him um, around us. I also, I want to encourage all of you to pray for each other because it is amazing to see what God can do. In James 5, verse 13 through 16, it says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We have a God who will use those around us to help us to grow closer to him and have a better relationship with him and help us through all of our struggles. And that is amazing. Yeah, one of the things that we, we did learn as we were um, at this conference was, uh, you know, when you're walking, you, you have to ask the question, who are you walking with? And, you know, obviously Jesus, we're walking with Jesus. That's who we, we desire to walk with. But also to realize we're not alone. We're walking with each other. We're doing this together. And, and we are upholding each other and pushing each other uh, forward in, in ministry. Um, so last year we went to Kansas City, and this year was, was kind of a little bit of a follow-up to that. Um, and so we, we reunited and reconnected with some of the, the things we had done last year and the people we had ministered with last year. And Josh, why don't you share a little bit about Ruskin Heights and uh, what we did there? Uh, yeah, from what happened last year, it really impacted the community and what the people have been doing there from Grace Point, it changes that community. It may be slow, but it, it, it is happening. And uh, it just it helps us to see that we can do these things in our community and with the people around us. That It may be slow, but it's a process, and it takes time. But we still need to be working at it. And whether or not we want to do it, we sometimes need to do it and just take a step out and be bold in our faith. Yeah, so last year we uh, did a, a prayer walk. And, and again, just as Noah had mentioned, when we talk about prayer walk, we're not talking about just walking up and down the streets and praying, which is a, a very good thing to do. Um, we're going to people's homes, knocking on their doors, and asking if they would like prayer in, in the name of Christ. And um, 
And so that started last year. And then uh, Bill and Julia, um, they're the couple that kind of introduced us to this area. Um, they picked up on that. And every Tuesday, from that, from that moment on, they went to Ruskin Heights and prayed, walked and prayed, walked and prayed. Um, and this was the culmination of it. So tell a little bit about what we did in Ruskin Heights. Uh, what we did was uh, we went around and we, we did the prayer walks and we had kind of like a party where about 30 or so people were there. And uh, we did the carnival games that we did on 4th of July and we're just having fellowship with the community and talking to them and building relationships with them and that way. So, Yeah, it was neat to watch students interacting with those that were around them. Well, uh, I want to give the adults a chance to share uh, a few of the others, so why don't you go ahead? And... Well, I, th I think one of the core values here at ECOB is Generations Together, and I think this mission trip is, is, is one of those things that, that we experience that, that uh, some of us older um, members can pour into the younger members, and I think building those relationships. But beyond that, even I saw some of the older youth members pouring into the younger youth members. And, and that is so neat to see that, uh, that they get it. And, and I think it's a good example for, for all of us that, that one of the things that God is calling us to do is, is to pour into the younger generations here of the church and, uh, and ask God how we can do that. And uh, I believe that's one of the, the important things here. But I'd like to maybe even emphasize one of the things that Keith said that I would challenge all of you to go on a youth, not on a youth trip, maybe some of you are too old, but on a mission trip. <laughs> and just because for the young people, I think it, it gives you that opportunity to serve and, and to humble yourselves. But I tell you, for the older people, and I know for me, for my first trip to Haiti, it was something that changed my worldview. And I, I think we need that, that we need to see things the way God sees people and uh, these, these trips do that for us. And it just gives us an opportunity to serve and to get outside of our own little world. And I know one of the, the things that ignited <clears throat> the, the energy in a conversation more um, to tag on to what Josh said about this Ruskin Heights, when we realize that we have a Ruskin Heights here in Eaton or in Preble County, that this is not something that is just out there in Kansas City or in some big city. There's an area of our community that we can come back into and invest into that community that we could do the, we could do the prayer walk here. We could do a block party for them here. We can pour into their lives here just like this other community out there. You know, we don't have to travel uh, by bus for 10 hours to go do this. You know, this is something... And I think you're going to hear more about that because these, these kids are excited about this opportunity, this possibility for ministry. And, and as adults, it's going to challenge us. It's like, how can we come alongside of them? Can we be part of that prayer walk? Can we be a part of this block party? Can we go in there and help this community? So we need to be watching for that, the, the, where the youth leads us and, and how we can partner with them. Thanks, Mark. Well, this was um, the first mission trip that George and I were able to go on, and um, we really were blessed by being a part of the students' lives for this week and getting to know them and seeing them grow. 
Um, we only uh, lost one kid, <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't really lose him. We just left him at a restaurant. <laughs> but we... <laughs> But we went Wait, back for what? him. <laughs> what? So we'll probably never go on another trip again with the youth, that's for sure. <laughs> but I think um, the theme being, as you've all uh, heard from both groups, um, whether you serve uh, overseas or if you go to another state to serve or we serve here at home, um, that we all need to be out um, serving and I want to offer a challenge to our youth. Uh, the theme for the conference was challenge, and um, it was called Bold Moves. It starts here. So I just challenge you youth to not let it end now that we're back home. Um, I want to offer you to encourage each other uh, for the truths that you heard this last week lift each other up in prayer, uh, pull in your uh, youth that weren't able to go on the trip and share with them the things that we experienced and um, bring them alongside of you also. Um, let me give you a reminder that we learned it was don't let the enemy distract you to the point that you will lose sight of God as the loving father he is. And Jesus says, I don't want to be a part of your life. I want to be in all of your life. So remember to be a fountain, not a drain, and to um, follow Jesus as your example. For the church family, um, I would like to extend a challenge to you all to um, pray for our youth. Uh, we need you to help us continue our bold moves here, and we would like for you to um, engage in a conversation with our youth and ask them what it is that uh, happened last week in their lives and just um, encourage them in their walk. We had a huddle group on Friday where we um, sat as a group and talked about three different questions. The first one was where the kids had to, um, the young adults, had to um, ask where they felt their youth group was today. And then they were to dream big and, and say, where, where do we want our youth to be a year from now? And then they were um, asked, how will we get there? So I ask for you all to continue to pray for them. I think they have a great vision for where they'd like to see our youth group be next year. They'd like to bring you all along. <laughs> um, and the last thing I want to offer to them is to uh, remember that we have a source meaning Christ in our life, to be a source, which is to share Christ. You can't share Christ if you don't have him. And this week I know we found Christ and in the conferences we went to and in the huddles we shared in, in the communities we served in, we were putting our love into action. We can't just stop with last week. As it says in Matthew 5.15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. You all have a light and a fire that's burning, and don't blow it out or hide it from anyone else. The gift of life is meant to be given. 
So I challenge you all to come alongside our youth and help them see that trusting in Jesus is the remedy to the longing of our hearts. Thanks, Valerie. Um, I, I hope you see what God is doing. And I hope that you want to be a part of that because it's, it's not just going somewhere that, that God moves. It's, it's here, now, that God is a part of us in doing something. And here's the truth. Jesus said, be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all and to the ends of the earth. Be my witnesses means that, that we are a witness to what he has done. You see, we all have a story of what God has done in us. And I challenge you, don't keep that story to yourself. Take it. Run with it. Take it to your neighbor or take it to Tijuana. But take that story and let God do something with that story. These youth, um, they took their stories with them to Kansas City. And I, I want to challenge you and encourage you. Do that. Model what these youth have, have been doing. Model what the Tijuana team has been doing. Take your story and, and, and go and, and, and use it to be a witness of what Jesus has done in your life. Um, we're, we're not going to close with the song this morning. I, I, I'd like for what you've seen and heard and experienced to, to kind of dwell as this one of the things that is so beautiful about God is he, he allows us to dwell on these things. And I encourage you, the, the Tijuana team, they're going to be around, and, and this youth group, we're going to be around here. Ask us. Ask us about our favorite moments or our favorite parts of the trip because we want to share it. And if one of these youth, you go up to them and you say, so what was your favorite or what did you like? Oh, it was good. If they say that, Bring them to me because we'll work on that because they need to, we all need to share these stories about what God is doing and, and they all have, have some pretty neat stories to share. So ask us, take time to talk to us about it. We'd love, we'd love to share. Uh, let me pray for us and then we'll close. God, um, you, have, um, you have shown yourself to be faithful and true time and time again that that when we are doing what you have called us to do, um, you will respond. Holy Spirit, we are, we are grateful that, that you don't leave us alone, but you are with us wherever we go, and we can lean on you to give us wisdom and direction. Jesus, we thank you for the cross and the resurrection, for without it, we would not have a story to tell at all. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your compassion and your love and your desire to see all come to you. So may we be a part of that. May we heed to the call to bring people into the fold of God, into your arms. And may we do that for you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I just want to end with a blessing. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I just would like to end with a blessing, and after that you guys may go. This is from First Thessalonians. This is what Paul gave to the church of Thessalonica. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit 
and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. Amen. Go in peace.